0: Hey everyone, it's Monica. We are here in week four of Be Complete, a study of our Proverbs 31 woman, and we did a whole intro. We have talked about her character. We have talked about her um, spousal relationship, and we are talking this week about her family and household, and Sarah is going to take us through what all of that's about. I am. I have five verses, 15, 21, 22,
1: 27, and 28. But first of all, like I loved last week.
0: This good stuff. It was just, it's, it just is good to put everything back in perspective of the intent of what God is trying to yeah. show us through this. I think his it, words. all of this is such a good reminder
1: of never underestimate the power of our influence on the people that he yeah. has put into our lives. Absolutely. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, okay. So I'm just going to kick it off verse 15, and I'm doing kind of like what Monica did last week, which I love how God does that, because um, we do not converse about the recording. It is a free time. for all. It is. <laughs> and I even prayed a little bit about it. I was like, hey, God, you know, like, we could be totally coming from two way different areas on yeah. this recording. Like, please let it all go together. So Monica broke down each verse last week. I'm breaking down each verse. Expository verse <laughs> and exegetical. Yes, and we what she said. <laughs> Sorry, I'm moving my chair. Okay. Adam Clark commentary says she is, well, first of all, verse 15, she gets up while it is still night. She provides food. (laughs) She provides. Sarah's first verse, right out of the gate. That's right. I'm good at the second part. She provides food for her family and portions for her female servants because Rylan told somebody recently you know, drugs and alcohol are not our family problem, it's food. I hate, that's because have you seen all of us lately? Um, so she gets up while it is still night. she provides food for her family and portions for her female servants. Um, in verse 15, Adam Clark commentary says she is an economist of time. Mm. When necessary, she rises early to prepare for the day. She recognizes that others depend on her. Proverbs 38, 38 um, says, And to the woman who are to be employed within, she gives the kind of work they are to do, the materials out of which they are to form it, and the quantity she expects from each. Thus, all the servants are settled, their food, their work, their tasks are appointed. Everything is done orderly. What I love about this, and it goes back into the Proverbs, because there's other places where it talks about how she rises up early um, Most of the time when you see that something is said about somebody rising up early or before the sun while it's still dark outside, there's a big task ahead. Mm -hmm. And so... In those days, especially, and we have to think about that cultural time, the household was large because there were usually a lot of kids and there were a lot of servants that had to go and prepare for the day. And so what I love about this is she gave them their food, their work, and their tasks were appointed. She organized the day. She brought order to what was going to happen that day. Um, and and she made sure everybody knew what was going on and was taken care of. She's the um, CEO of the house, she is and that's what she wants like that She just takes it on. We don't know that she loved what she did, but we know that she did it and she did it well. Mm-hmm. Um, she sets everyone up for success in her family mm-hmm. um, and in her household. She's the giver and the planner, right? So she's not worried about what she's going to get in response. She, she What she's going to get is a day worked well, right? She's going to be able to put her head on her pillow at night and know that the day went well because she org- made sure it was organized, mm-hmm. that it started out well, and she set her family up for success. And that really stuck out to me because sometimes I feel um, – Um, today there are just a lot of parents that don't seem to set their kids up for success Mm -hmm. it feels like you know they put as many things out there that they can to help them fail um whether it's and this is tiny little stuff but you know well we don't believe in a bedtime but yet you want your kid to get up and have a good attitude at seven o'clock in the morning and well we don't do naps i'm not stopping my day for my kid to have a nap but if they don't get a nap then they are irritable and, and frustrated the rest of the day. They can't make a good choice and then you get irritable and then you're punishing them, but is it really their fault? And, um, you know, I've always just been really big about setting your kids up for success early on. Chris was a little frustrated because Rylan, again, I've said this a couple hundred times that he was a hard kid, little small kid, baby toddler. I think it was until he was about seven or eight. But we would have to come home at bedtime. Like he did not sleep well in a pack Uh and play. Once he was done with his day, he was done with his day. There was no staying up and pushing through it. Addie could push through it. She was easy going. Once she was done, she was tired, but she could go to sleep just about anywhere. Um, And so we had to stop leaving. And there was a time where we quit going out to eat uh, because he was having a hard time with sitting still in a high chair and behaving himself. And I didn't believe in ruining other people's day because my kid was irritable and crying and screaming in the restaurant because everybody's paying for their meal. And Chris said to me one time, he's like, I just don't know why we're, you know, we're letting him determine our lives. And I said, no, we're not letting him determine our lives, but he's a baby. And so his needs, and we can set him up for success better by making sure he's sleeping in his bed when he needs his sleep. He doesn't have to worry about when he's going to eat. I didn't wait for him to cry to feed him. I fed him on a regular basis. Um, But there was routine and there was order and it was setting him up for success. And that's going to look different in everybody's Mm -hmm. life and everybody's home. Um, But
0: she took ownership of that. Right. She knew that was her role. Yeah. And she took ownership of that. You know, I think about, too, um, setting your kids up for success. It it makes me think of the parents who have a hard time letting their kids fail or making their kids be responsible to, you go talk to the teacher about your grade. You go talk to your teacher about missed homework. I'm not going to call and take care Mm -hmm. of all of that. Or, you know, now that we're in high school, all these parents – Everybody, the kids, teachers, parents are all on this app called Edmodo where yes. you can like track everything. And we were at this open house and all the teachers gave us the um, the login if we wanted to log in as a student to see every little thing that was going on yeah. and blah, blah, blah. And I was like that's no, not my, mm-mm, mm-mm. no, I'm happy no, with the parent version because yeah. my my kid's going to be responsible for her stuff. That's like, right. I'll check in every once in a while, that's but right. I'm not reminding her of her homework. That's her job. I think I'm, what's important here is like what you're saying. This,
1: this Proverbs 31 woman was not a micromanager. No. She said, here's the plan for the day. Here's the resources that you
0: need for it now go yeah here's your school supplies Mm -hmm. here's the all the stuff that you need to have but you need to manage your time I can Mm -hmm. like help coach you and Mm -hmm. and guide you and Mm -hmm. like show you if you have a test on Friday maybe study and break it down during the week but after that it's all you yeah
1: yeah, it, it, so, and, yes. and I think that's so huge. I, I laugh because when, a story for me, you were talking about letting your kids fail, making lunches. Okay, I still make the kids' lunches probably 50% of the time. Now, I do that because I also am high in the gift of hospitality, and it gives me great joy to make my kids' lunches for them and to get up and do their breakfast, which I do now. My circadian rhythm is changing, so it's easier for me to wake up and, <laughs> and do that. But... Um, You know, I have a couple of friends that are like, I don't make my kids lunches. That's up to them. And, you know, it's it's there's two sides to this. One, I love to do it. And there are days that I know that it sets my kids up for success when I love them in that way, when I help prepare them for their day. And I've kind of organized for them and and they wake up and I'm like, here's your breakfast, here's your lunch. You know, do you have all the things that you need to take Mm -hmm. to school tomorrow or today? But there's also a need for me to allow them to make their own lunches, to know how to make their own lunch, Mm -hmm. how to prepare for their own day and to set themselves up for success. Mm -hmm. And so you're teaching them by example, how to do for themselves. And, you know, I said, and I go back to the napping thing, because I think it's just an easy example and the food thing. But, you know, people are like, oh, I don't put my kids on an eating schedule. I don't believe in schedules. And and we let them sleep when they want. How's that work for you? Like when you have to throw a fit before you get to have your lunch break, how does that make you feel? And how does that make you feel about your boss or anybody else? Right? Like you like to know that, Hey, at one o'clock every day, I get to have my 30 minute lunch break Mm -hmm. and I'm going to be able to have dinner when I want to have dinner so that I don't have to have excruciating hunger pains. And I know that I go to bed at probably nine or 10 o'clock every night and my body works best on that. And yet we tell our kids, Oh, we're not doing that. You're going to just do whatever you want to do. And we think that that's good for them. So it's a small little example, but the The idea is, is that you know you live this way. Set them up for the same success, and then one day they're going to recognize I need to be in bed by ten thirty. If I go Mm -hmm. to bed later than that, I'm rotten the next day. I need eight Mm -hmm. hours. I need this. I need that. And you're teaching them that. So um, it's there's a lot going on here. I believe, Um, and and this starts early on when she's doing this because remember this is a span of time. This is not just a one night thing. Yeah. Um, And the other thing that I love here is she accepts her duties. Yeah. She accepts her role. Um, There's no, there's nothing here that says, you know, (laughs) she mumbled when she got out of bed and hit the snooze three times. And, you know, I know that that sounds funny, but I think that had that needed to be said, it would have been said. Right. And it didn't. Wisdom gets up. And carries out her duties because mm-hmm. she knows that's what she's supposed to do. She knows that that's what she's good at, and she knows that that's the influence that she has on the day. So she's setting all these people up for success because she accepts the fact that she needs to get up and prepare everyone for the day. Yeah, I love that, and it um, prepares
0: her for the day. That's right.
1: That's right. And then I love this, too, that uh, John Trapp commentary says she neither pines nor pampers them, but allows them that which is sufficient. Three things, saith Aristotle, a man owes to his servants, work, meat and correction. And so I think it's important here because not only is she doing her workers, she or the servants, you know, those who are going to be serving the household through the day. But she does it for her kids also. And, and it's mentioned at the same time for yeah. her household and for her servants. <laughs> Um, she doesn't make things Pinterest perfect. It doesn't right. say that she got up and went out and slaughtered the pig and cut the best piece of meat that she knew Johnny wanted and yes. this and that. No, she got up with enough time to prepare for food, work, and the task appointed for the day mm-hmm. and organize the morning. That's all she did. I yeah. think she kept it simple. Yeah. I don't think she made it huge. I don't think she, you know, set an elaborate table. I don't think, I don't think she didn't. Everybody had somewhere to be Mm -hmm. and have time for all that. So she's just getting up and getting things going. Um, And I just love that. Neither pines nor pampers them.
0: I love that. Um, Do you think I could use this verse as rationale for getting servants? (laughs) (laughs) because I can totally structure some some listen that I'm going to tell you right now that I I (laughs) do
1: not think it is by chance that it is modeled for us throughout all of the Bible that it took a village to run a successful house so
0: true Yeah. yeah
1: I think there's a little bit. Now, listen, finances have something to do with that. But I think there's a little bit of pride. Well, I don't have anybody come clean my house. There is, for sure. Because now I get to say that I do it all. That's right. As the quote Proverbs 31 will. And then there are a lot of women who don't have the money to have somebody come and clean their house. And they are. Right. Because but they're staying in their pajamas all day long. So I get it. There's two sides of that coin, right? Yeah. How are you using your village? That's, are you being a good steward? That's right. Of all of your resources. How are you using your village? That's right. Okay. Verse 21. When it snows, she has no fear for her household, for all of them are clothed in scarlet. All right. There's three thoughts I want to talk about here on the scarlet clothing. The first thought is the back meaning of scarlet actually means like a doubling of fabric, as in wearing a double layer. Mm-hmm. Most commentaries agree with that thought, because mm-hmm. it's something to do with the the Latin root words, and, and a lot of things are lost in these words with translation, trying yeah. to get them into a, an English translation. Um, but they, they do believe that it was like a doubling, mm-hmm. uh, uh, kind of like wearing two layers. That's why they were able to stay warm. Scarlet could also refer to a darker color or a brighter color fabric that actually helps to retain the heat. Whereas something that was white would reflect the sun, a darker fabric would retain the heat and help them to stay warm if they were outside and working. Um, The translation is not literal to a snowfall. This is the third um, idea and keeping warm. But the scarlet refers to the blood of Christ and that the snow is more about the storms of life. She knows who holds her family and has no fear of what is to come because they are covered by his blood. Mm. Um, No matter what the translation truly means, she prepared for the moment before the moment. Love that. She knew the storms were coming. Yeah. So whether she's prepared them with Jesus, the truth of Jesus, mm-hmm. and they know and love God, whether I guess it would be God because this is Proverbs and Jesus hadn't come yet. So it's the truth of God. Right. Um, or if it's because she prepared and, and made sure that they had double layered clothing or double layered clothing with Scarlet to make the more Mm warmth. It doesn't matter what really happened here. The fact of the matter is she prepared. Mm -hmm. Um, She knew everything would be okay if she took the time to prepare for the moment before the moment. And we'll find this a lot with her in relying, relating to the family and household is how much of it was just preparation. Yeah. And that again is what set everybody up for success because she didn't wait to be reactive. She was proactive. Yeah. Um,
0: She had Mary, Mary Poppins when she says, well begun is half done. (laughs) I love Mary Poppins. December. Uh, I know. I can't wait. You know, and I
1: I think here, there's never anything that says that she was worried about the snow, right? It's when it snows, she has no fear. It is specific that she had no fear. What is one of the things that women of today struggle with more than anything oh,
0: fear, and anxiety. fear and
1: anxiety and it says when she knows it's going to that's exactly she knows right is gonna it, you can't avoid it and that's why I think I love the translation more here about the blood of Christ because we know there will be storms but mm-hmm. we can have no fear because we serve a risen Savior mm-hmm. and in the end He is going to win yes we might lose battles along the way but the war has been way and has already been won. Yes. And if we hold confident in that, and again, it goes back to that perspective we were talking about earlier, if you can understand that this is a a eternal thing, that we have no reason to have fear because Satan has already been defeated. And God says that I am not the author of fear, but of peace and of a sound mind. And if he is not the author of fear, then who is the author of fear? Satan. And if we are living in fear and giving into fear, we are giving into him. And so we have to take that, Truth, and we got to do something with it. In fact, um, I'm just going to use Addie as an example. Like she just texted me, um, she's just struggling with mindset. Like she she has a little bit of anxiety about stuff, and her mind just takes over and rolls. And I know when I was that age, I was the exact same way. And I just told her, I said, recognizing it is part of it, Mm -hmm. Uh, but now you can call it out and you can rebuke Satan in it because it's him trying to unsettle you, Mm -hmm. cause you to have fear of things that you really have no control over. But if you call on God, he will walk it with you Mm -hmm. and he will give you strength. And it doesn't mean that you're going to be completely victorious all the time because remember, it's a span, it's a journey, but you can have victory
0: and you can know that in the end you're going to win because Jesus triumphs. I have a little reference to something like that in my next week as well. Uh, no mm-hmm. way.
1: Um, okay. So I just loved that. I love the whole, whole idea. And again, because if we take out the literal meaning and make it more about a Christ thing, then it's, it's even more applicable to everybody.
0: Absolutely.
1: Okay. Verse 22. Let me read the verse. Um, she makes coverings for her bed. She's clothed in fine linen and purple. So... Two common thoughts I want to talk about here. She took time to fill her house with nice things mm-hmm. that created an environment that would welcome her family home and that was warm and comfortable to be in. She also took the time to be classy, to take care of herself. The color and texture of the fabric means something here If because it, it wouldn't be in here if it didn't mean right. something. She took time to set herself apart. Mm-hmm. She took care in how she dressed and she knew that how she dressed meant something. Um There were a lot of articles that were all about, you know, modesty. And I don't think that's anything of what this is talking about. I don't think this is, this is not a legalistic kind of way of looking at this. This is just when we are followers of Christ, we are called to be set apart. Mm -hmm. Um, but we are also to create a home Where the love of Christ is just overflowing. And what better way to do that than to create a house that is comfortable for your family to come home to? And it doesn't have to be spectacular. You may not have interior decorating desire at all. It's more of a spirit of it than it is anything else. It's just it becomes a safe sanctuary. That's right. The second... Uh, thought here is that the translation again is not literal but rather is referring to how we are clothed when we are clothed in christ and how our home is clothed in christ when he is the head either way both translations show that we should stand apart and that we should take value in our appearance and how our appearance communicates to the world does it show that we're different that we don't blend in does it show are we showy Are we classy? You know, are we a little risky? What are we? Mm -hmm. What what kind of attention are we trying to draw? And who are we pointing them back to? Because remember, we talked about character points people back to Jesus. Mm -hmm. So is what we're doing and how we're doing it pointing people back to Jesus? And um, is our home warm and comfortable? Are we... um, are we welcoming people into our house? Mm-hmm. Are others welcomed in? Do they feel welcome? Do our kids feel comfortable and invited um, and feel like it was prepared just for them? Because remember, there are immediate mission fields. So again, kids can be your children. Um, it can just, it can be your community. It can mm-hmm. be the people that you're influencing. It doesn't have to just be biological children. Yeah. It can be anybody that it can you're be influencing. nieces and nephews that's or exactly whatever. Right. It can even just be friends. It, yeah. You know, it, it can be anybody that's... In your community, in your household, and if we don't take it from a literal sense, and we talk about this is just the body of Christ, then everybody is your family. Yeah. But are the keys locking up your lock on your front door every day and never letting anybody in? Mm-hmm. You know, are your kids coming home and you're just so tired that you don't have time? There's nothing in here says that she was so weary and worn out that she didn't serve the people in her yeah. in her circle in her household. Yeah. Um, this isn't about. Being the Pinterest perfect woman, you know, some women have the gift of hospitality. Hospitality. Some have that gift on how to dress or do makeup. That's not me. Um, there are a lot of different shades of purple. Yeah. And there are a lot of different kinds of linen. Yeah. So your linen and my linen don't have to right. look alike. And your purple and my purple don't have to be the same shade. Right. The idea is that it's creating the same environment and it's creating an environment that points people back to Jesus.
0: Well, and something else, too, that I had read, because there's a verse about linen in my Next week, um, linen was the material used for the priestly garments, Mm -hmm. for the priests. And purple has always been a color that signifies royalty. And so um, you can also interpret that to say that, like, she clothed herself spiritually with... like knowing who she was and that she closed herself intentionally with royalty because she's the daughter of God and Mm -hmm. like, you know, you can take it that way too.
1: And even the fine linens um, and, and such that she put on the the beds Mm -hmm. and and the tapestries that she had throughout the house. When you think about the purple and the, you know, do you go around and anoint your house Mm -hmm. in prayer and in oil um, You know, and I know that might sound crazy and I did it for the first time and you're the one who encouraged me to do it, you know, with just some of the things I was going through with the kids and even some of my own fears that yeah. I've never had a problem with fear and worry and anxiety. And as I'm getting older and whether it's menopause or not, like it's becoming more of an issue for me. Um, but also as the kids are older, I have less control over some of the things that they're doing. And you got me to do that. And um, Tracy got me to do that. And, um, you know, again, if you want to think about it in the literal sense, then you'll go Pinterest crazy and think Mm -hmm. that you've got to have the best of everything. And that's not what this is referring to. Mm -hmm. It's a, it's a state of condition more than it is, actual fine thing. It's the heart with which you're taking care of people. It's about, does it reflect the finer things of God, not the finer things of you? It's not right. about how great you can decorate something. Right. So don't get caught up in that, you know, but definitely make sure that you are putting the finer things of Jesus in your home mm-hmm. and that people know there's something different about you. Mm-hmm. But when they look at you and it doesn't have to be that you stand out, that you're set apart. Right. So, um, verse 27, she watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Um, first, it's very clear in the first part of this verse that her priority is to her household. She watches over the affairs of her household. So remember before, she prepared for the household. She's watching over the affairs of her household. goes back into that kind of CEO thing, right? Like mm-hmm. she's kind of – she's managing the household. Uh, this kind of convicted me a little bit. Like there's probably some things that I let Chris take care of that really – could probably fall under me and would alleviate something off of him. And if I stepped up and said, Hey, you know, what, let me take care of that. It would leave him more time to do other things. That I probably would rather him spend his time doing. Um, but in any event, she, the priority to her household, the affairs, what are the affairs? Okay. So affairs are routines, habits, attitudes, um, and who is her audience, her household, nobody else. Mm-hmm. It doesn't say that she's watching That person's affairs. She's not making everyone else's household. Her business. Right. She's making her household her business. And she's not snapping pictures of her household and making it everybody else's business. That's exactly right. She's only concerned with what's going on in her world at her time. And so, you know, first of all, I would almost encourage us just be aware of what you are snapping and putting on Facebook. You know, don't be a stumbling block to other people. Yeah. If, you're, if you're bragging about things, you know, just think about how that can fall on the ears and eyes of someone who might be struggling that day, you know, and then what, what, you know, who are you posting it for so that people can give you accolades? Mm -hmm. You know, there were no accolades for her. She just did it because that's what was expected of her. And I think that um, it's so huge that she made her priority, her, her household, her priority. She wasn't telling other people what to do in their household. She didn't have time for that. Correct. She, had, she was already getting up at the butt crack of dawn. <laughs> Correct. You know, she's taking care of her stuff and not gossiping and making other people her business. Um, And that, that's just huge. Um, idleness means laziness, a state of inaction or inactivity. So the author's been speaking of her and her household and then says she does not eat the bread of idleness. Um, This is a nudge not to be idle because nothing good comes from it. It will affect her negatively negatively personally as well as the family. She's not indifferent. She doesn't quit on her family because it's just too hard or because culture has made it so difficult. She's not afraid of getting in her household's business. She knows she needs to be in its business. She knows her position is not back down because she doesn't feel like it. I will guarantee you that if her kids had social media, she'd be all up in it. Mm-hmm. I'll guarantee you if her kids had phones, she'd yes. be all up in them. And she'd not be, she would not be like, well, it's their phone and uh-uh. it's their business. Nope. i I just think this wisdom would be all up in it. Um, And she wasn't afraid to lean in. And not only with her kids, it was the people who managed the house. She leaned Mm -hmm. into everything. She knew what was going on in her household. She had the ear to the floor. But remember, she did it in such a way that she was respected and her children called her blessed. Correct. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So again, it's not necessarily what you're doing. It's how you're doing it. You can get up all in the business of your kids in a way that communicates nothing but love and concern and that you are for them, or you can do it in a way that makes you look like a bully and a nag. exactly. And, and they're not trustworthy. Right. So when you think about verse or week two on the character of the noble woman, If we would approach our households with those characteristics, we'd be able to have hard conversations. We'd be able to get in their business. And then when we needed to lean in and maybe hold accountable, we could do so with the fact that they knew that we were doing it for them and we did it in such a way that made them
0: respect us back. Absolutely, There's a lot of br- blueprint here. There really is. How to. There really is. It, I, I had to have a um, hard conversation with one of my kids because they hurt my feelings about something, but I didn't, I didn't react in the moment or have the conversation in the moment. I waited a couple days and then waited for an appropriate time and was like, Hey, listen, this whole situation that just had happened, here's how it made me feel. I know you didn't intend that. Mm -hmm. I completely know your heart. Mm -hmm. I know you didn't intend Mm -hmm. that, but I wanted to let you know that it did. Mm -hmm. And the main reason I'm bringing it up is because I want you to be careful with other people that this doesn't, that, you know, unintentionally do this to somebody and have them, I feel worse because I know you. Yep. So but they may not know you as the way that I But know that you. goes
1: back to the first the first fifteen that we were talking about, about how she set them up for success. You know, I make their lunches, but I need to teach them to make their lunch too. Right. So it's the same thing. You've got to teach your children through your own experiences, how to be better prepared for the world that they're about to go influence. And Mm -hmm. so they need to know what that is like, but it's done in such a way that says, Hey, I'm going to make you better through this. Like, I know you weren't trying to hurt my feelings. I'm not going to take it personally. It it did. And you need to understand that I'm a mom with feelings. Right. Um, But this goes and you know, I could do a whole series on, (laughs) are you living for your kids so that your kids fill your void she's not doing that right she's making kingdom builders Mm -hmm. she's she's got a household that's making a difference for the kingdom and so she's raising them to be as influential and as significant as possible Mm -hmm. to go and serve god not so they can make her happy not so that and they would be never responsible leave her contributors to That's society. That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. She's making, she's modeling for them what they need to go and they need to be, but she knows that she's got to overlook the household. Mm-hmm. Um, just like a business. If yeah. you have a business, you, you know, your CEOs, all of those are hovering over and they know what's going on. They've got their ear to the floor. Well, it was the same thing here. Mm-hmm. Your house is a business. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the only problem is you can't fire anybody. <laughs> um, you got to learn, lo- learn how to lead people. <laughs> you got to learn how to lead people. Um, she did not eat the bread of idleness. So do you eat the bread of idleness? And what does that really mean? Sometimes. Paul answered yeah, <laughs> I eat bread. That's for sure. Paul says in First Timothy 5.13, at the same time, they also learn to be idle as they go around from house to house and not merely idle, but also gossips and busybodies talking about things not proper to mention. And that was from a, a blog from Lori Alexander. Mm. Um, you know, it, it, I want to say, you know, are you laying around and watching TV all the time? There's a difference between treating yourself and taking a two hour break because you've right. been up since five o'clock in the morning. And your and shift you know. doesn't end until 10 at night. That's right. Or eleven. So it doesn't mean you can't ever turn on a TV or sit down and read a book or go to a movie. You know, that's one of my favorite things. Yeah. We, we share that interest. Um, it doesn't mean that you can't go out to lunch with a friend or whatever. But if you are, you know, if you're being slothful. Yeah. You know, if you're being idle, you know, if you're being um, busy and talking Mm -hmm. about people and spending all your day on the Mm -hmm. phone, gossiping, and again, making other people's households your business instead of your own household. You know, if you're not doing the things that need to be done in order to create the environment that the family wants to come home to. Um, You know, it was always important to me. One of the ways that I served Chris uh, early in our marriage, it's a little different now just because of times are different with our family. But when he got home, I had family dinner ready Um, and he loved that. However, there was a time in his life where he would come home, you know, 20, 30 minutes late sometimes. Well, I had dinner ready and he didn't tell me he was coming home late. And he would complain about somebody being late for lunch or being late for a meeting. And so, you know, I just sat down one time and I said, Hey, listen, one of the ways I try to show you that I love you and that I appreciate you going to work all day is to have your dinner ready when you get home. But when you don't come home, on time, then it gets cold or I'm trying to keep it warm and, you know, it messes up the whole flow of the evening with the kids because I know what time we're supposed to eat. And I said, you don't like it when people come to lunch late, right? But this is my place of employment. This is my Uh office and you're coming to my office 30 minutes late and you're not calling me and asking if that's okay. And you're not even trying to be on time because you don't think it's a big deal. I'm just going home and we'll have dinner when I get there. We could have handled that a lot differently, you know. And he never asked me to have dinner ready for him when he got home, but it started the evening off well. It started us at the table together. It started conversation. It fed his Billy after he'd been at work all day long. It fed the kids. It, you know, felt my need for hospitality. Um, it just kind of kicked off what we used to call Operation Night Night, you know, where we just started our family evening time. Um, so trademark copyright. That's right. That's right. Operation Night Night. Um, another thing that I love to do is when they kids come home is have cookies like you said every once in a while just having some cookies made or I'll go make their beds for them and turn them down because they're working hard yeah and they're doing a darn good job at it and sometimes even if it's we've been at each other all day long if I can just have servant minded heart for them and do something that I know that they love they love when the candles are on and the lamps are on and Mm -hmm. their beds are made that that feeds their souls and I'm loving them that way so there are little things that you can do that maybe. It's not your forte to just necessarily make sure that everything's done or you don't love to cook. And so you may not have a dinner ready when they get home, but there are little ways for you to create a home for your kids to come home to your husband to come home to, for your neighbors to come over, for your family to come and see you, for people at your church, whatever it is, you Mm -hmm. can do that. And you need to do it without being idle. And most of the time I think we're idle because we have a problem in our heart. That we don't want to deal with. And remember in the beginning, we said, you need to be accountable. Yeah, absolutely. Why is your world crappy? Why are you not happy? Because you're not standing in the mirror saying, this is what you need to change. And it's like I told Addie, when you can see it and you can call it, you can begin to do something about it if you have the desire to do something about it. Okay, real quick. We got to do verse uh, 28. I know we're going a little long. Um, Verse 28 says... Her children arise and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Okay, so here is her reward. This is the start of the testimony of her legacy. All right. Having your children rise up. This is an active expression. I think about the Falcons rise up. Yeah. Right. And what it it was like an ode. It was like a challenge, like go and conquer. Right. And so we're talking about the the valiant woman, this Mm -hmm. warrior. Right. And so now she's saying, you know, she's seeing her kids rise up. And become their own warriors. Yeah. This is an active expression. They're moving into activity as to cheer her on, to applaud, to leave a mark. How better to be praised than to see our kids or those we most directly influence, because it can be anybody, rise up. Oh, applaud so us and follow our
0: example. That's so good.
1: It's about our legacy. It's about our testimony. It's not about how much they make us feel great. It's about how much we prepare them to go do the yeah. work of the kingdom. Um, this can also have great meaning for the church. This could be the fruit of our labor in being kingdom builders. It's not just referring to blood family. So it could be that you've been you know, leading a Bible study or you've been serving or you've been doing something. You finally see those that you've been leading rise up mm-hmm. and go and start doing it on their own. Um, not only do her children bless her, but her husband does as well. His love for her goes beyond all things she does. It's more about who she is and the respect he has for her. He's about to say this poem to her in and Respect, that's what causes people to want to follow us. That's what makes people um, pay attention to us. Not so we ourselves can be elevated, but so the world around us can be transformed by Christ. Mm -hmm. When people respect you, I tell people the thing about parenting is if you can live a life that causes your children to respect you, they'll always come home. If you only ever put the pressure on them to like you, they'll leave and never want to come back because they'll never feel like they can ever live up to your expectations. They'll never like you enough. It's never enough, and you make sure they know it. Wow. If they respect, They're going to come home to you. Just as the children could be our church, Christ is the husband of the church. This could be what he's saying to the faithful church, to the church that has wisdom. For if we, the church, are clothed as the Proverbs 31 woman, what a testimony that would be. And truly he would call us blessed Mm -hmm. because we are being the hands and feet of Christ. Mm -hmm. A proverb of the day. This is a part of the passage on the excellent wife that speaks of the rewards of her choices. The rewards are not received in ceremonies and award shows she receives no trophies or plaques, no ribbons or citations are given to her. No, the reward of the excellent wife is far better than any of those things. Her reward comes from the praise and affirmation of those. She has spent her life seeking to build up and bless her reward comes from her children and her husband. I love that. So um, that's really what I have. I don't have any practical application for this one. I've really sat and talked to myself about this and what my practical applications were going to be. I just think it's a lot of information to really stew on. Yeah, it really is. There's a lot to digest here. And, you know, I could be like, well, do you do this? And do you do that? I think at the end of the day is what's your motivation?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, are you really rising your children? I want your children to rise up to go serve Jesus or to serve you. Do you? Would you say your husband respects you, or would you say he tolerates you? Mm. You know what? What or humors what, you? Humors you, right? Um, and would he sing a praise about you?
0: I don't know. Those are just a lot of things to think about. And I feel like, too, just in listening to each of those verses being broke down, like one of them stood out to everybody listening is just a. this is probably a good area for you to focus on. I think so. There's just different things for us to think
1: about. Take responsibility. Mm -hmm. Take the time. Figure it out. Go back to the beginning that we talked about, the Mm -hmm. things to do in order to have put on that character of wisdom. And be willing to do the hard work because it's so worth it. It is worth it. Serve a great God who died on the cross for your sins. It's so worth it
0: it is mm-hmm. I was I'm, my mind was thinking on something else but I don't I'll get tripped up on words because <laughs> my thought is not fully there but it just reminds me of like the, the crown in heaven yep. you know like no one else may see it but just us and God and right. that's all that it matters. That's all. That that's matters. all that matters. It's not about an award from Mm-mm. the world. No, you're not going to get ribbons. You're
1: not going to get anything. You're just going to. The, the biggest thing that you can get is the people that you're serving, the people that you're influencing, mm-hmm. the people that you're leading will rise up. Yeah.
0: Well, Lord Jesus, we just pray that you would um, give us the strength and enable us to steward well what has been given to us. Give us the ability to see how we can enable others to do what they're called to do even better. Help us to be an Azer to um, to our spouses, if we have one, to our children and household, if we have one, and to the friends and family that we walk alongside with in life. And we just ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.